If you've ever been a student, then you've probably done a group project at some point. And you most likely have a horror story about a group project that went terribly wrong. Hello, and welcome to the EdSurge podcast, a weekly look at the future of learning. I'm Nadia thames Robledo, a reporter here at EdSurge. And I'm Jeff Young, a reporter and editor here. So this week, we are focusing on group work. And Nadia, you actually have personal experience with this one recently, um, since you have been finishing up a graduate program and have been in classes a lot lately yourself. Yes, sadly, I've had some group projects that did not go to plan and um, in ways that were a big surprise even to me. What I love is you did what any good reporter would do, and you went out and talked to people to learn more about this. Um, You took your microphone down to the campus that you've been going to, University of Houston downtown, and you just walked up to some students and you asked them to share their own horror stories with group projects. I'm guessing this was not too hard to find these these stories? No. Um, Surprisingly, everybody has a terrible group project horror story. Yeah, so your hypothesis uh, checked out um, on this. So the teaching experts, though, that we have have read about and sort of seen out there say it does not have to be this way, but they admit that fixing group projects is not easy um, because honestly, it it turns out a lot of instructors um, are kind of repeating the same methods that they had when they were students and what what their teachers did, did to them in group project settings. So for this week's podcast, we brought in a teaching expert, somebody who's been on the podcast before, John Warner. He is a longtime writing instructor at various colleges. He's also a teaching consultant um, for Eiler Warner Associates. And he's written whole books about teaching, including one called Why They Can't Write, and a big essay specifically on group projects and how to fix them. Yes. So we played John, the student horror stories that I recorded to get his reaction, but more importantly, to get his advice. And it was great. I mean, we were both, I think, surprised by by what, what happened in the conversation. And I, we got at some big questions about really what it means to be a student and what it means to, to teach. Let's share with our listeners and with our expert, John Warner, what, um, what you found when you talk to other students and see what he has to say about all this. John, you're here and we've asked you here today to, you, to apply your expert opinion to these stories that Nadia collected. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to get into too many of the general things, but but certainly you are also somebody that in, in general, you have um, had some opinions about group work um, in your oh, own experience. Oh, sure. I think. Uh, students hate them. Um, and whenever I taught courses that um, required group work as part of the curriculum, the second I would sort of share this, and often the very first day of class, sort of as we're going over the syllabus and the course policies and stuff, I'd say, hey, by the way, there's a, in fact, in one course, a technical writing course, when I was at Clemson University, it had a 12-week long group project, so three quarters of the semester it was a group project, and the their faces would just fall, and uh, they would groan, and they could not hide sort of their chagrin that this was going to be um, a course that was centered on a group project because uh, they they had had um, 
like Nadia, mostly horrible experiences. They, they all had some horror story about what they'd experienced in a group project. All right. Well, let's, let's share a couple of the examples we found and talk through them. So we'll play this one. It's a short clip and then we'll, we'll come back um, to you, John and, and Nadia. Okay. So this is a freshman. I was in a group project with like four different people and the teacher assigned us to do a World War II kind of research project. And me personally, I'm a fan of World War II. So mm -hmm. I, was, I was already excited. Now I was paired up with a, a bit of a bad bunch, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess we got, we got like, we got the butt end of the stick really with, with the, with the, you know, we wanted the smart kids, but you know, so we got paired together and I got everybody's number and we made a group chat. So we started doing real high. I mean, I started doing research <laughs> and I put in my, I put in my, I put in my part of the slides. And then when the day came, they didn't put in their part of the slides. So, and I didn't want the bad grade. So I put in, I did their research as well and just sped through and did their part as well. So day comes in, we all walk in and we're supposed to present this, right? And uh, on the projector, it's supposed to say the title slide and the like, group of people's names. So I look up and the title slides up there. So I'm like, okay, cool. But then I take a second glance. I look up, everybody's name, but mine is on that slide, oh. right? And so I look and I look at them and they're looking at me and they're giggling, bro. They're having a laugh. Oh, no. Because they were, they were doing it out of a joke because they wanted to have a little bit of fun. But I saw that and I looked at the teacher and the teacher looked at me and he was just shaking his head at me. I was just like, no shot. So we all go up there and they present the presentation flawlessly as if they did it. And I'm, I'm so like shaken up by that, that I'm just like, I sound like I didn't do the project really. So it kind of added on to the, to the joke. So then the professor pulls me aside and he goes, okay, you're getting a zero and they're getting a good grade. I was like, no shot, no shot, no shot. And so I tried to explain to him what happened and then they, they all gang up on me and they go, oh yeah. no, this was our work. What are you talking about? Right? That's crazy. Right? And so then I got a bad grade. And it was. They I, just let the professor think that you didn't do anything. Because because he was he was on like a three against one kind of mess. Yeah. But they need to come back and say like it was a joke. He totally did the work. Nah, because then oh, they would get to zero. zero. That's crazy. Why? Yeah. What are they joking? I'm probably selling drugs, but I know that because their mugshots got posted online. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh so. no. Nah. That's messed up. I mean, who cares? Okay. You can hear my outrage. There's there's an experience. <laughs> John, I did see a couple expressions on your face that the podcast <laughs> listeners will not have seen. Yeah, I, I mean, that's about as bad as I've ever heard. I, I had, I've had students, one of the first things I do when I'm teaching a group project is we open with what I call a Festivus holiday, which I took from Seinfeld, right, where one of the rituals of Festivus is the airing of the grievances. So we just go around the room sharing all the horror stories around group projects. So they, they share the horror stories and the worst maybe was ever, it was like a freshman engineering class where it was a group project to build like a bridge out of balsa wood. And uh, the, the different members of the group had different philosophies and they couldn't get together and do it. So they, two factions brought two different bridges to the um, class, but the professor would only test one and they got in an actual physical fight in class over whose bridge was going to be tested. So um, this example is sort of reminds me of that in that there is a um, total lack of group coordination, right? Which is 
very common um, and rooted in a lot of different things. Uh, um, some of them just sort of normal uh, difficulties around interpersonal communication and planning and structure and these kinds of things. Um, in this case, he, he had some malevolent people paired up with him who really did him a dirty. I mean, that, that I don't know how you, how you solve that. Without knowing the specifics, that doesn't sound like a group project to me. That doesn't sound like um, the kind of project that can only be done by a group. If I have any advice from a kind of curricular or pedagogical framework, it's if you're going to do a group project, you need to design an experience that can only be done by a group because otherwise you will get these unequal contributions. Otherwise, you'll get the, the people who um, fear the um, quality of contributions from their classmates. So they'll take it all over and hoard it and then show up and try to dole out stuff for people to do on the day. Or you can get a situation like this where the lack of coordination allows this kind of thing to happen. Um, it's clear also that, um, at least from this context, as far as we can tell, that the instructor was not monitoring the work um, while it was being done, right? If you if you have a group project that can only be done by groups, right, where it's too big to be uh, done by one person or, or a sub smaller subset of the, of the group, or it's too complicated or needs the kind of collaborative work around it, um, that kind of requires you to be on top of it. You want to know how they're doing because the potential for a group to, to just whiff becomes really, really high. So you, you, you want to keep track of these things. If it's just come with a PowerPoint presentation and we'll roll the dice on the day that's going to happen, this is the kind of result that you see. But I, I, uh, I was shaking my head like the story got worse and worse as it unfolded um, with the the degree of dirt those people did to that poor young man. That was unconscionable, really. Yeah, he didn't seem uh, he didn't seem too panicked by the situation. It's, it's, in some ways, that's almost more worrisome in a way because it's, it suggests a certain kind of resignation around these outcomes. Like, oh, of course that happened. This is the kind of thing that happens when you ask me to do a group project. You're going to get uh, screwed by your group one way or another. This was just the way it happened this time, right? Um, I mean, he should be outraged, but um, he's just kind of like, well, that's what happens. Uh, and that's, you know, that's sort of scary if you think about it at the at the roots. I hear you. And yeah, th- you're right. I think Nadia was more outraged than his, and the friend was in that, in that moment than this person seemed. It's interesting. I'm sure listeners are probably have feel, felt that too. Okay, I'm going to play, you know, Nadia, I think I'm going to jump to Rosario's next actually so nadia talked to four students and here is another one she's a senior at the same university a majority of my classes are online and every single one of our courses always has a at least one group project sometimes uh, multiple and i'm a planner so i want to start ahead and you know which part do you want to do and break up the pieces so we can all just divide and conquer there's always that one person on the last minute, an hour before it's due. Hey, what was my part again? And yeah, it, it's by that point, it's like just give us what we got, what you got, and then we'll modify the rest because obviously it's gonna affect all of our grades. So it, it, that's 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 the only time there's always been a bad project is whenever that one person drops the ball and he's just a or they are just a last minute type of person. 
and it's irksome. Somebody who's a planner and, and works ahead. So that was my bad experience. And so another um, really common occurrence, right? The unequal contribution or the unprepared student. And, you know, I, I hear a number of things there. One is um, a reasonably good and valid strategy for, for completing a group project. And she named it divide and conquer, right? The problem is, um, again, in my experience, teaching, observing these things, being a, a group member as part of group projects, very few students have been taught explicitly how to do a group project, right? One of the things I realized uh, uh, as as I was starting to teach courses that required these group projects as, as part of the curriculum was that I needed to teach them how to do it, right? I needed to give them... Um, the structure and materials and background that allows them to succeed on these things. And some of those are just purely logistical, um, like keep a calendar, have deadlines, um, do the group text, these sorts of things. Although when I started doing it, we didn't have group texts or that kind of thing. Um, set regular meeting times, have these check-ins. Uh, um, but also uh, I would give them material and we would do discussions and exercises around things like uh, group structure in terms of uh, leadership and decision-making. Uh, I would give them um, background and we would do discussions around organizational communication. And uh, one of the things I would, I would make uh, groups do before they would do any work on the group project was to create like a, a one-page sort of group list of rules um, or group manifesto, which was things like... Um, when they were going to meet or how many people in the group had to be present in order for a meeting to quote unquote count, right? It can be very hard to coordinate, say, four or five people's schedules. It can still be good for three people to meet, but for two people to meet and three people to be excluded doesn't make any sense. They had to have rules around if people weren't at the meeting, who was responsible for telling them what happened at the meeting and what they then had to know and do. And these things are very complicated, right? And if we think about um, the workplace that we've been in, right? At one of the one of the uh, uh, I call it a joke. Students don't find it funny, but one of the things I say at the beginning of group projects is: um, once you get out of out of school and into the workplace, you're going to experience your life as one extended group project after another likely overlapping and uh, intersecting, um, working with, with different people. At least that's been my experience, uh, at least till I became self-employed. But even self-employed, I'm doing group projects. Um, the, the sooner we sort of learn how these things work and our responsibilities in the different roles in, in groups, the better. But to expect college students, undergraduate students, who primarily have these bad experiences in group projects, right? The only experiences they've had in group projects have been poor modeling, and they'll sort of just do what they've done. Until you can make kind of good group projects or good group communication, good group structure, good group leadership explicit, they're just going to kind of go to what they know, which is usually uh, pretty dysfunctional. Um, so again, this is a these cases where it's like somebody didn't show up with their part at the end, this should never happen. It should never happen. The students should plan so that's not going to happen. 
but also instructors should make it so they're not surprised when this stuff comes. And before I get too hard on instructors, let me let me uh, speak up for my my brethren. Right, I I, I was a non tenure track instructor for the entirety of my career. Uh, too many students, uh, not enough time, all those kinds of things. Group projects become a very highly tempting um, choice when it looks like it's going to remove some of the work that you would otherwise have to do in terms of like grading individual projects or meeting with individual students. But the truth is, if you're going to have a successful group project, it may take, if not more of your time um, than, than grading students individually, um, a significant amount of a different part of your time, this sort of oversight of uh, and knowing what is going on. But it's not sort of set it and forget it. It's it's not uh, just wind them up and they're going to go because you're you're asking for um, you're asking for trouble in the back end. And ultimately, it comes down to the instructor to clean up that mess. Right when a student shows up with nothing on a group project day, and you have to figure out how you're going to grade them and how you're going to disentangle that. There is sort of a, 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 a stitch in time saves nine aspect of this that I think is important to remember from the instructor side of it. Okay, I am going to latch on to something you said, which is set it and forget it, which I feel like in my experience is exactly what the professors wanted to do. And so we in my program, which is a graduate level program, I see how maybe professors would be tempted to say like you're all working professionals you should be able to figure this out on your own we had a group we had a project management class at the beginning or most people take it towards the beginning of the program in their first or second semester but towards the end of this program it is like that never happened for some of my group members and so I feel very strongly that if you're a professor assigning group work because it means you have to grade less or it saves you time somehow, that it is also incumbent on you somehow to have those check-ins to make sure that things are not going off the rails. Um, And I think what I've heard from my professors when I asked them about this is that they sort of make the assumption. It's very rarely that a professor will say, hi, everybody, we're six weeks into your group project. If you have someone who's not pulling their weight, tell me now and maybe excuse yourself from the group if you like to. It's sort of assumed that, well, if they're having a problem, somebody will tell me and it's their job to tell me if somebody isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing. But that totally negates all of these very complex social dynamics in a group project, I think you're forgetting if you have this set it and forget it attitude that there's pressure to not tell the professor if someone's not pulling their weight. Especially at the beginning, there's this idea of, well, I can't contribute much right now, but if you're having a bad day in the future, and I'll pick up the slack for you in the future. And in my experience, uh, that never happens. That reciprocation never happens. So why don't professors who assign many group projects or a final group project do what you've just suggested and bake in somehow these checks and balances 
to make sure that we're having a good time at least. So um, this is part of, I think, a larger systemic issue around teaching and higher education, which is that we are not given any real instruction on how to do it, most of us. Um, this has improved somewhat over time. Um, but when I went to graduate school in 1994, I was given a uh, grade book, like a physical grade book, because stuff wasn't online yet, and just told how to fill it in. And that was sort of the extent of my, my pre-teaching um, teaching about how to teach. And given a, a classroom of 50 developmental English students at an open education institution and, you know, sink or swim. Um, my mentality around this was like, um, I am a, uh, by my nature, I'm an incredibly lazy person. And so um, I want to make my job as easy as possible. And what that entails for me is finding the sweet spot between um, structure and freedom, right? Um, a huge part of, and, and this happens to dovetail with my pedagogical philosophies too, so that's handy that my own uh, lazy disposition also works for how I think about teaching and learning. But Your next book can be on laziness and teaching, but okay, keep going. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, well, it, it might be in part actually. The, um, an important part of learning is struggle right? Like it can't just be this smooth path towards completion. There should be a little bit of friction involved in it. But pointless struggle or fruitless struggle that cannot be resolved in a satisfactory way is ultimately not a good source of learning, right? And so in, in order to have successful learning, you need to give students freedom to mess up, freedom to make choices, freedom to uh, learn the things that they're most interested in. But at the same time, you must surround that with sufficient structure that allows students to succeed within those goals. And when it comes to group projects, not having that structure um, really is just an invitation to chaos, the sorts of things you're describing. Um, now, when, when I would do a group project, again, because I'm lazy, because I don't want to deal with problems, I check in with my students on a weekly basis, um, very quickly, like in a, in a class of, of, let's say, 20, um, where it's four groups of five, uh, there's time in class for them to meet and confer as groups. I always, I always make sure, one of the things I always make sure in my group projects is I set aside class time for the students to do substantive group work. So I can even just so I can observe that, right? Um, sometimes I'll pretend I'm doing something else at the front of the room, like that I'm doing work, but really I'm watching, seeing what's going on. So if I have a group of five that's like silent, staring at each other, like they have no idea what they're doing, I go and go talk to that group. I'm like, what's up folks? What are we doing? What's our, you know, where are we at? What's going on? And try to light a fire under them. If there's others where a group is dominant, where like one member seems to be doling out the, all the work and, and I go, I'm like, hey, have we coordinated on this? And um, is this something everyone's good with? And, and I'll, I'll, I don't want to, I don't want to govern. I don't want to choose for them. I don't want to infringe on their freedom, but I want to make sure that these things are, are, are um, on a path towards some kind of reasonable success. Now, from my perspective, the success is not necessarily an A. The success is learning something. So there can be groups that get a little wobbly and a little off the rails that ultimately come home to something satisfactory where a lot of learning has happened. And, and, 
and that's fine with me. Um, but the idea of I'm just going to go let students, even even graduate students. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's think about this for a second. Uh, put a bunch of college faculty in a group and uh, watch what happens, and see if that thing's going to go seamlessly towards completion, and everybody's going to wind up feeling great about everybody's contributions. These are incredibly difficult things to do, particularly in contexts where there's no natural hierarchy, right? Um, when uh, I was in the corporate America and doing that work and I was assigned a, a project by my boss, um, I knew exactly what I had to do because somebody was above me doing that. And then I had, um, I was sort of a mid-level minion, so I had uh, sub-minions who um, I would dole stuff out to and then I was responsible for their work and then um, my boss would be over me and, and we would do that. But in, in class situations where there is no hierarchy and there is no structure, those things will go off the rail quickly. For one thing, I'm, I'm curious, like when you're back and you're uh, having group projects go in front of the class and you're doing, you're secretly doing something, you're like pretending to do something. What are you pretending to do? Are you doodling pictures of your students or? So I, I would, I would, I would get, I would just like get on the, uh, this was back when like every, every room had like a podium computer and that kind of stuff. So I just sort of like stand up there, pretend I'm typing into something or, or that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm really, I'm just spying on them. Other times I, I, I was not afraid to be overt about it either. Um, where I would just say, okay, um, you guys are going to meet for 20 minutes and I'm going to watch you and, uh, you know, and I'm going to go, um, and at some point I'm going to go group to group to group to, to check in. And sometimes uh, I've done this too, where it's like, uh, I'll pretend that I'm meeting with one group and I'm eavesdropping on the one like eight feet away. And I'll say to the students, like, I'm pretending to talk to you right now because, um, I want them to feel like we're meeting, but actually I'm listening to these guys over here because something's going on that I, that I want to know. Um, this, uh, well, some of it is, you know, some of it is like for my own entertainment, but also um, I do want to, I do want to be able to listen in on them. And even the group that I'm sort of joking around with that I'm listening to the other group, I want them to know that I'm paying attention, right? That, that um, I am part of the process. I'm not there to tell them what to do. I'm not there to solve. I'm definitely not there to solve their problems as a first line of defense. I'm, I'm there if there's some sort of thing where um, a, a teacher presence is helpful. Um, but but many a time there'll, there'll be conflict in a group and they'll come see me and I say, this sounds like the kind of thing you guys have to figure out. I might say like, I, I think you should maybe concentrate on issue one, two, three rather than four, five, and six. But um, I, 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 can, I cannot remember a time where I made a choice for a group. Um, they, they had to make all their choices. You want to show them you're on duty when you start joking around with them, that you're not just, you're yeah, not actually no, I, just I'm surfing not, I, the internet. Yeah, um, I'm not. Doom, uh, doom scrolling. I, I'm engaged, but I'm engaged at the level that I think is appropriate for an instructor who's teaching a, a course and teaching, um, in this case, how to do... A group project. Okay, so we had two more people we talked with, and I want to make sure we get to them. Um, and so I'm going to play another freshman clip, Nadia. This one's Michael. I was also doing like a, it was a group project, doing a presentation on a court case, right? And, you know, similarly, I kind of got put in with the, with the bad bunch of kids, right? But I was like, eh, whatever, right? I was like, I'm going to have to like kind of coordinate this. 
So like you know, I, I split up the stuff. It's like you guys do this slide, and I'll do this slide, right? Whatever, right? And then I kind of this is kind of my fault too. But like we had like a week to do this, and I kind of finished mine uh, during that, and I didn't kind of check up on them because I kind of just assumed they would do their work done. And so we finally get to the point where we have to start presenting, and the teacher's like, all right, you know, first 15 minutes like submitted so we can like present, right? And so I'm looking over a presentation, and it's still just my slides. There's four other people in this group, and they did nothing. And I'm like, oh my god! Uh, I'm like, I bet I can just explain it to the teacher, but they're like, because like, I kind of know them. They're like, they're like, they're like, bro, I'm so sorry, man. I kind of forgot. I was like, oh, bro, I don't, we I don't know what to do. And I was like, you know what? We ball. That was 15 minutes. <laughs> I did all the research. I made like seven slides all to do. And I, I was like, I was like, all right, you're presenting these slides. You're presenting these slides. You're presenting these slides. Make sure you read it so you know what you're talking about. And like the teacher, like we went up and present, right? I did my part flawlessly. And like, I guess the teacher could like, you know, could tell because she came up to me like before and it's like, cause I guess she, she also probably just knew that they weren't going to do it. Cause she's like, it's like, did, did they do any work? And I was like, I, I didn't want to be mean and be like, nah. So I was just like, yeah, they kind of help with like, you know, doing presentation stuff, but like, you know, researching, they were very late on it. But yeah, I, I, I thought I was, I was worried she was going to give us all a zero, but she's like, she's like, nah, nah, I'll give you a regular grade, but you know. They're, they're gonna get a lower grade than you. And they got mad at me. I would've brought you. Yeah, cause like then a week later, we got our grades, and they're like, they're like, they're like, damn, I got like a 70. And I was like, that's crazy, I got a 100. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to say, but yeah, that just kinda like shocked me. Uh, so, um, again, some of the stuff we've been talking about before, the lack of coordination, right? An assignment that probably doesn't need to be and shouldn't be a group project, right? Like a, my philosophy of group projects is sort of go big or go home. Like a, a group project that takes a week isn't really a group project. Um, that's just a thing. It's an activity, right? Um, the group projects I assign, the, the shortest one was maybe eight weeks uh, with up to 12. And these are, these are multifaceted because I, I'm asking students to produce, produce something substantive. Um, and with all of these steps along the way, like the, the, the course at Clemson in technical writing, they had to go find a client for whom to create a technical uh, document. And so the first thing they had to do is kind of figure out what they wanted to do and, and do a proposal to me, um, whether or not this would be appropriate. And, and this, this gets it rolling to where we're not going to get in that, um, in that kind of situation. The other thing that we haven't talked about that I think is, is important to consider is the um, different goals students have around school and what happens when different kinds of students with different goals for school get rolled up into a group that's supposed to produce something ultimately for a grade. The, the student who's diligent and does everything obviously has a kind of level of caring that was different from his classmates in this case. But one of the things, if you if you form groups carefully and, and sort of transparently where they know about each other, you can get groups where those similar attitudes um, brings people together. I, I, I'm filled with these anecdotes, but I had a group at Clemson again who um, this was a this technical writing course was often put off until senior year because students didn't want to take it, but it was a required course. And uh, second semester of a year, um, I had a bunch of seniors in there and there were, um, four or five, uh, 
young gentlemen who um, were very upfront. They just said, we just need to pass the class and then we graduate. And um, they found each other in the group selection process and the groups need to come up with a group name. And they named themselves D stands for done. And their goal for the group was to earn a D on the uh, major assignment, which means they would pass the class. And um, I don't, I don't love that, but I, I had to be okay with it under under my own rules. I had to accept that that um, this is the group dynamic. This is what they were after, and I would I would hold them accountable to that level, right? They had to at least turn in a D. Now, in the end, they got a little more into their own topic than they thought they would. They they overshot. They got a B. Um, and they even joked about it when they turned it. They're like, "Oh man, Mr. Warner, this is this is way too good. I, we don't, we we screwed this up." But again, like the the formation of the similar attitudes around it kind of allowed the the boats to collectively rise. Right? These were not bad students. They weren't total slackers. They were um, students at the end of their college careers who had had enough and were looking for a break. And once they kind of took that grade pressure off themselves. They got into the project for for its own sake, and it, it resulted in kind of a better um, experience for everybody. In in the example you just played, um, we just see a mismatch between what those different kinds of students are, are after in a class. And when you make group projects that are going to last a week and allows for that sort of thing, that kind of thing has happened. Now, if you're okay with that kind of outcome and just say like, okay, the students who didn't do anything... Um, they get 70s. The students who did everything gets 100. There's a, there's a fairness to it, um, but it is sort of poisoning the well of of learning and group projects. Um, and then we wind up with with people like Nadia, who's a graduate student who is still um, loathing group projects. I was just telling Jeff that we are in 2023, and group projects have been going on for a a long time in our human history. Why is this still happening? We haven't figured it out yet, maybe. It, it is true that, um, and John, you wrote a blog post about this, but it was a couple years ago, but it feels like this topic is evergreen in a way that suggests that not much progress is being made. No, there, there's not, there's just, there's not a ton of incentive around changing these things, right? It's true of, it's true of teaching and higher education in general. Uh, the structures around the, the work we're asked to do in higher education don't lend themselves to sort of learning this kind of stuff. Even in my case, it was it was um, almost accidental that I became versed in this because I, I was teaching at Virginia Tech a course called Communication Skills. It was a year-long course. We had the same students for two semesters. And an explicit part of the course was organizational communication. So as a as a uh, teacher with primarily a writing, a creative writing and composition background, I learned a whole bunch of stuff I didn't know before in order to teach this course, and ended up porting that to my next jobs along the line as I would as I would do group projects. But it was almost accidental, right? There's no there was no kind of purposeful training around group projects. I would be more than happy to do this stuff uh, for institutions to come to come and talk about these things. Um, but there, the and um, in fact, after I when I when I wrote that blog post, um, uh, I think I went on Twitter and said, "Hey, anybody who wants to come in, and I can do a three-hour uh, seminar on more successful group projects, and I think it'll do a lot of good." Zero, you know, no interest uh, in this in this in this work. 
because um, there's not a lot of resources incentive around sort of money to bring people in to do that or reward reward for that. Again, in my experience, that's a, a decided minority of the people who teach in higher education. The, the people who get into this work don't do it to torture students. They, they do it because they believe in this stuff. Um, but we've often not been given the resources and structures that allow us to do the work um, as best we're able. I want to make sure we get to the last student Nadia talked with, who is Maria, another senior. Ooh, for me, there was actually, now that I think about it, there was actually this one time we had a project to do. And we had time to do it, and the girl, she was very communicative. She was, she was like, you know what, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, it, this is the slide that you're going to do. And everybody's like, okay, we're going to do this. And then this one girl, apparently everything decided to go wrong in her life at that time. And it's like the day before we're finishing up our slides, and her slide is blank. There's nothing on that, that slide. So we end up adding all the information, and then the presentation is next day. We're waiting for her to arrive to class. She's still not arriving. We're like, oh my God. We're waiting for her to message. She's still not messaging. She messages like 15 minutes, like in class. We're already presenting and she's not there. We finished presenting and he's like, okay, so who did what? And we're like, oh, well, it was just us. We did the whole thing. And then the other girl, she shows up to class. We're already sitting down and she's like, oh guys, are you ready to present? Like, girl, we just presented. We like, like, well, like, what are you doing? So yeah, I think, like, probably better communication probably would have been way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was not your fault. She embarrassed herself. <laughs> yeah. This falls under the inevitable occurrence of stuff happens um, in group projects, and and um, stuff does happen, and we need to be aware of it, and that happens to students both as individuals and in groups. Um, but again, it's one of the reasons why uh, I like a large group project where really what I'm grading is not just the final produced artifact, but a, a longer multi-step, multi-phase process that leads to that. If I'm grading process, if I'm looking at all of this and somebody has a bad day at the end um, that prevents them from doing, say, this one part of it, uh, then I can look at the whole and, and make a more discerning judgment about, about what sort of work was done. I think there's also a danger of um, privileging the presentation as the thing that's being graded. I would have my students present their projects to each other in class, but purely as a kind of here's what we did, informative sharing, because they've seen each other's groups working over the course of the semester, They've been sharing um, updates with each other as, as part of the, the natural um, goings-on of the course. And it's more of curiosity. The, the, um, to the extent I'm grading an end product, it really is something tangible, produced, that can be looked at, that can be assessed, that can be read, that can be responded to, other than just 15 minutes in front of my classroom. That can be an aspect, should be an aspect of it, but putting all the grade weight on that is, it's just kind of a, a, again, a structural mistake around um, the course because it, it weighs this one moment in, in, um, in ways that are, are um, larger than its actual importance, right? It's so interesting because I feel like in every college group project I had, I, 
every advice you've given has been so interesting. Like, the, oh, not make the pr- presentation the whole thing. I've never actually, I've always had it be the presentation that's the whole thing. Like, I've never seen anyone follow the, the advice. I mean, you the just thing gave, is, like, it's, it sounds interesting. Um, let's imagine the real world, right? Like, where I was doing group projects, I was, I was a, a analyst for a market research firm, and we would do these large uh, studies, and we would produce a report. Um, you know, it might be 80 pages in PowerPoint or something like that. And then we would go to the client and we would present this research to the client, um, you know, maybe a group of 15 or 20 executives and that kind of stuff. And the presentation mattered, but the presentation only mattered because that was our chance to know that we were going to show this stuff to the people who had commissioned its um, completion. But we had our, our report to leave behind, Right. That was the substance. That was the thing they paid for. They didn't pay for us to come and uh, uh, go into a conference room and um, eat stale bagels and uh, deliver a PowerPoint presentation. They paid for research. They paid for something substantive. They paid for analysis. They paid for our expertise. And so if we're going to structure a group project for students, we should um, grade the thing. This, this is my philosophy of, of teaching in general. Grade the things that matter. Um, if presenting is what matters, um, let's say it's a, a public speaking course, and I've done group projects and public speaking courses, that's a different animal because the presentation is the thing. But if it's a, a different kind of course, um, in my case is writing courses, or it might be a subject matter course in, say, business or marketing or, or history or, or whatever, grade that substantive thing. That's what matters. Um, what, what, uh, what, what is graded should matter and should be what counts and um, putting all that weight on just sort of the presentation, which has all kinds of other confounding variables around what's going to happen, um, is not particularly, um, I don't know if fair is the right word. I, I don't really care about fair in these contexts. It's more that it's, dis- it's uh, uh, detached from the substance of your own course, the things that you've probably been telling students are important about what they learn. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, um, a a lot of these things, uh, Jeff, these experiences you had, it's because, um, the folklore of teaching we do unto others as has been done unto us. And it's hard to, uh, and there's not a lot of incentive to step back and think like, hold, hold on a second. Um, what was done unto me was horrible. And uh, just that I survived it as a kind of hazing ritual of academia doesn't mean I should perpetuate it. It sounds like that's what that's what kind of Nadia's reaction, it sounds like was, right, Nadia? Of like, yeah, she, you know, she intervened. She goes out and talks to people like, why do we all hate group projects? And people hate group projects for good reason. But we had this idea, Nadia has her own amazing uh, sort of like eye-popping story about a group project gone wrong. It's what inspired the whole thing. But in some ways, Nadia, I don't know if you want to try to do a speed round and get a quick comment. I'll try uh, so we don't leave John on a cliffhanger. It was basically a group project of three people. We worked over the whole semester. It was our final project. Um, towards the end of the semester, one group member stopped coming to meetings, stopped communicating. I was of the mindset that this person's an adult. I don't need to nag them. They probably won't like it if I nag them about what they're doing. Um, and then unbeknownst to me, that third group member shared 
all of my work and all of their work with this absent group member. And so when it came time for us to put all of our work together, um, I was looking at sort of the absentee group members' work and realized that it was very similar to mine, so similar that the notes were even in my voice. Uh, It was a coding project, so the code style was exactly the same as my code style. And uh, when I put my work and my group members' work together, it was my work, just with the other person's name on it and a few things changed here and there. Um, And so I was so shocked that this person would uh, sort of blatantly to my face take my work and put their name on it um, and kind of play it off when I was like, oh my goodness, like we did everything the same. Our work is so similar. Like we did, we repeated each other's work. I was so shocked and didn't know what to do that I didn't really react. Um, And so I definitely had friends who were like, you're going to tell the professor, blah, blah, blah. But I was so stressed out. The idea of confronting my group member, bringing this to the professor was another layer of stress that I just couldn't deal with. So I ended up not saying anything. Um, And ended up getting a good grade on my own work anyway. But it was just like this culmination of back bad group project experiences to where I had somebody show me my work with their name on it. It was very shocking. I definitely did not ever expect to be on the sort of receiving end of that situation. Yeah, that I mean, that would be shocking and upsetting. And it's the kind of thing that um, really a student should never have to deal with, right? Like it, it's upsetting for an instructor to confront an obvious case of academic dishonesty from a student. It's something I never enjoyed doing. Um, it's It feels like a betrayal, strangely. Like, how dare they do this to me? I'm, you know, this kind of thing. The 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 thing to realize, and we know this from, from you know, a lot of research, and if, if people don't know uh, Jim Wang's book, Cheating Lessons, I always recommend it when we talk about academic dishonesty. Usually the student that does that is in some kind of weird, desperate situation. And um, they're not a sociopath. They're not cheating their way through, through life and school. It's they've been pushed to the wall by something or other, and they make what is in the end a horrible choice. And in this case, unfortunately, that choice violated sort of your academic integrity and, and uh, you know, kind of your space. Um, it, it, it's the kind of thing that if it, ha- if it happens, it shouldn't be a surprise to the instructor. If you, if you um, set up the group project in a way that allows you to monitor what's going on, to have uh, students checking in with each other, that requires collaboration for students, right? That, that would not, um, that a student taking some other student's exact work and submitting it would not be, uh, even make sense in the context of the project. You, you can get around that. Um, you can't engineer every potential pitfall out of a group project, but you can anticipate some of these things um, in order to um, disincentivize those behaviors, but also to have a, a kind of open um, open channel for students who are about to make those bad decisions to come and talk to the instructor before they make those those choices. Um, that's always my preference. Uh, you know, I've had students who 
take advantage of that who um, say, I'm, I'm, I, I do it up front. I'm like, hey, if, if you're about to cheat in this course, come talk to me first because I'll catch you and, and then stuff gets bad. And they'll come and talk to me and, and um, we figure out a way. Sometimes it's they need a little pause and a break. Sometimes they're realizing they need to drop a course or withdraw for a temporary period. These are, these are human problems that happen. Um, um, a group appears, uh, a colleague in a group project is not the person who should be dealing with that in your case. Um, so that's, it's sad. It's unfortunate. Um, and I can see why it was upsetting. Yeah. And I do, I do agree with what you said. I think this person was in a very desperate, stressful situation because of pressures outside mm-hmm. of school that were piling up. That, that's a 90 um, plus percent of cases of academic dishonesty. That's what happens. Most Think of the time, expense, uh, opportunity cost of going to college. Most, the vast majority of students aren't there to just cheat their way through and get a credential. That said, occasionally stuff happens that makes, um, the euphemism I use is doing an end run around learning a um, desirable action. And um, to my view, it's the instructor's job to make that the, the least desirable action, not by through necessarily punitive measures, but by giving an alternative to making that choice, either by talking to them or making sure it's intrinsically motivating enough that they're not tempted to just outsource it to say like chat GPT or something um, nowadays or, uh, you know. We almost got away without saying chat GPT, (laughs) but yes. Sorry. Um, (laughs) the, the, The thing about those things is the underlying motivation is there's nothing new about that. There's simply this new tool that allows students to attempt to, make this end run around learning. So if you want students to learn, you have to focus on um, the, the core elements of learning, the things we've talked about, structure, engagement, freedom, responsibility, um, challenge in a good way, and all those things, and the temptation to misuse those things or to abuse the trust of a colleague has happened in this case is significantly lessened. I want to play, John, one clip that... Um uh, that Nadia collected from the same two of the same students she spoke to. Um, and it, one of the, it, it's, it is changing. It's, this one has a little of a different note we're injecting here. So I'm going to play it. And we're part of the uh, sustainability scholars program, which they offer here at UHD. And in the middle of our, it's, it's usually a year wrong or uh, year round two semesters. We have to, in the middle of the, of the, of the program, we have to create a renewable energy project. And Maria and I and two other girls, they were science majors. Maria is a fine arts major and I'm a business major. We all collaborated in making a... a solar thermal collector. Solar thermal collector meeting once a week. Once we completed it, we actually presented it uh, with the, uh, the Scholars Academy and so, and now that program that we built is taking Maria and I because we're uh, we're non-science majors and we want to expand uh, uh, the sustainable uh, minor here at UHD. That project that we finished back in April is taking us to an organization called SACNAS where we're going to present the project, talk about the project in Portland, Oregon. 
and it was four of us every week meeting jelly it was i think that's why it was so successful when we presented at the sustainable scholars i mean at the scholars academy and why we actually had an opportunity to get you know the our future opportunity coming up do you agree yeah that that group was amazing every time some we would get on edge or, or like you know everybody was like on board someone would bring a new idea there was like okay so how are we going to make this possible it was amazing Nobody felt overwhelmed. That's one thing that was, yeah, us four girls, we gelled beautifully. And then we had a mentor, uh, Bruce, because, you know, we had to work with drills and, and, you know, hard things. And we're at the lab, so there has to be a supervisor there. Um, so, yeah, if it was, if none of us ever felt overworked. If one of us, you know, felt like, oh, I don't think I could do that part, the other one would come in. Like, show me how to do it, da 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 da, da. That was beautiful. Like, we saw each other's strengths and weaknesses and then somebody can for sure or somebody can just go over there and be like i got you don't worry that's the best feeling it's like yeah okay it's like to good know group. that you can actually rely on your team it's that's what it, that's good group good mentor <laughs> good everything that was heartening <laughs> that was it's heartening. not all bad um no that that is so again that shows a, a lot of the elements of what makes for a successful group project right coordination planning meeting weekly but also the thing they were given mattered to them, had real stakes, and um, was something that they could dig into and um, has an impact in the world. Again, the, the group projects I would assign, I do assign, um, are all meant to be shared with the public. They are not class presentations. They are things either you go get a client and uh, you need to produce this document and give it to the client, and in some cases, um, those documents made real impacts. I can think of a number at Clemson. One was like a, a manual for the athletics tutoring at Clemson. They had a special tutoring center, and I had, a, a, I had some student athletes in the class, and they, they felt it was sort of aimless. So they're like, hey, let's make a manual. Um, another group produced a um, – it was like a guide to Clemson area apartments that was sort of illustrated with pictures and information and all stuff. That actually um, was bought, um, they sold that to, to a uh, printing company that started selling ads and producing it. And they, those students got royalties from that. From that. So the, um, having the real stakes, right? Oh, this is not just a class presentation. This is something that you could take to a conference or that matters because you're passionate about the issue like sustainability or something like that immediately elevates the work students are going to, put into it. Um, if they have a client, they're responsible to a client, not a teacher. If they have an issue they're passionate about, they're just going to be intrinsically self-motivated to, to learn about it. It seems like the other examples that we talked about were all for the grade and that showed. Yeah. And, and you get about what you get for an individual assignment, right? Some care, some don't. Uh, some are interested in it, some aren't. So if it's, if it's going to be... Um, if you if you want to do a group project and have success with the group project, you really do want to up the stakes. You you want to make it so this thing matters far more than a grade, and then the grade is merely going to be reflective of of sort of the the process and important stuff they did um, in the course of of creating that thing. And in a lot of cases, um, you can get students to kind of forget about their grade. Um, because they've gotten into the project. And then when they get their A, it's, they're just like, oh, yeah, of course. 
um, because they'll they'll tell you like, oh, we crushed that. Like they'll they'll bring in you know they'll bring in the big thing they produce for the course. And be like, there's our A. And um, now it's not like it, everything's beyond reproach. And I'll I read through it and make comments and and offer suggestions for improvement. But you can't kind of deny the effort and, and the outcome. And so, yeah, it's like it, it becomes the easiest thing in the world to grade because they've kind of done it for you over the course of the project. Nadia, I'm curious after listening to all this. Do you, Nadia, have you come around at all to that group projects can be done right in a college setting? I think so, because contrary or perhaps in spite of everything that I've shared so far, I have had good group project experiences at my college. It's just that, unfortunately, they seem to be vastly outweighed by the crazy experiences that just added to the stress. Um, So I know it can happen. It's happened to me. It's happened to these young women that I talk to. It just doesn't happen often enough. I would like the bad experiences to be the exception and not the good experiences to be the exception. Amen. John, thank you for taking all this time and for sharing your insights and listening to these clips with us. Oh, my pleasure. I, I, I was uh, interested to hear what these clips were and um, they surpassed my expectations. So <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> this has been the Ed Surge Podcast. Every week, we bring you conversations like this one. If you like the show, please take a minute to rate or review the Ed Surge podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And make sure to sign up for the Ed Surge podcast newsletter to get our weekly show notes and go deeper into the topics that we cover. Just go to edsurge.com and find the word newsletter. Thanks again to my colleague, Nadia Temezorblado, for coming up with this idea for the episode and leading the charge of this group project about group projects. Make sure to read her articles on edsurge.com or follow her on Twitter at Nadia Tamez R. This episode was put together by me, Jeff Young, and you can find me on Twitter at jryoung or on the web at jeffyoung.net. Editing help by Rebecca Koenig and music this week by Rowan Jane. We'll be back next week with more on the future of learning. Thank you for listening. <laughs>